Let's adore our triune God by reading the last book of the Old Testament, page 954, Malachi 3. We'll read verses 1 through 6 of Malachi 3, page 954. The Old Testament opens with a promise of Jesus in Genesis 3, but it also closes closes with a promise of Jesus. And everything in between promises Christ as well. And then we'll read the fulfillment in Mark 1. Malachi 3, 1 through 6. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Then let's turn to Mark 1. Most likely the first of the four gospels written is Mark Mark quotes Malachi and Isaiah together here. Mark 1, page 994. We'll read verses 1 through 11. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. This morning, we look especially at Mark 1 verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
the Son of God, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Beloved congregation of Jesus Christ, Mark 1 verse 1 is probably the shortest Christmas story ever told. And you might say, well, I don't see a Christmas story in there at all. Like it's blink and you miss it. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He came. There. There you have it. And that's Mark's style. Rapid succession, the shortest gospel, the first gospel written. Ministering with Peter in Rome. And writing down the gospel as Peter witnessed it as a disciple of Christ of his death and resurrection. Mark doesn't pay a lot of attention to the teachings, but the actions, the miracles, the suffering death and death of Christ and resurrection. And he's really focused on his purpose, Mark 10, 45. The son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He came to give his life as a ransom. Luke gives us many beautiful details. John gives us a wonderful theology of the incarnation. We hope to look at them as well. Matthew is filled with intrigue. Mark will leave it to them. The Holy Spirit will leave it to the other three to give us the details. But the fact that he came is the biggest point. And that's the Christmas story of Mark. He came. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He came. The Messiah arrived. That's the big deal. That's the good news. That's a new beginning for you and me. We all need a new start, a new beginning. Do you know that for your own life? Do you see that? And will you come to Christ for that new start and that new beginning? A new beginning for you, we see this morning. It is gospel. It's a gospel beginning. It's Jesus, this new beginning, and it was proclaimed by the prophets. Ending with John, and then by the apostles. And it continues to be proclaimed to the end of the earth. It's gospel. It's gospel. Look again at Mark 1 verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. One translation has the good news about Jesus Christ begins. And the Greek word arche is the same word the Greek Old Testament uses in Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, in the arche. God created the heavens and the earth. There was a first beginning when Jesus created the heavens and the earth and everything in them, and he made everything good, the night and the day. The lakes and the rivers and the oceans. 
and the trees and the grass and the sun and the moon and the stars. And he made the fish and the birds and the land animals and the bugs. And last of all, he made man, male and female, Adam and Eve. And he made everything very good. It was a good beginning. And he placed everything under Adam and Eve, under their dominion. And he said, you offer your life to me. You trust and obey me because I am your light and I am your life. Wow. That was so good. And they wrecked it. They wrecked that first beginning. And we were there in them. They're our representatives. We wrecked our first beginning. We turned our back on this Jesus, the creator, this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who made everything so good in the beginning. And when we turned our back on God, we turned our back on light and life. Life and light. And when you turn your back on life and light, what do you get? Death and darkness. Death and darkness. And that's the message of the Old Testament. The human race in sin is lost in death and darkness. And we desperately need a new beginning, every one of us. It's universal. Nobody is accepted. Nobody stands above this. What Jesus, the triune God, in his great love for the wrecked human race which came under his curse as he promised, and the day that you eat of it, you shall die. The day you disobey me, you shall die. In love, God the Father promised to send his son, and he said already in the garden, to Satan, the woman one day is going to have a seed, a child, who's greater than you in all your power and wisdom, Satan. And he's going to crush your head. He's going to undo the ruin and start a new beginning. Give the human race, give the world a new start. And so you go to Mark 1 verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The day has finally come of God's new beginning for the human race. The beginning of the gospel. A new start for you and for me. That's good news for the human race. That's what gospel means, right? Good news. Now, that's not a new word. The Romans used this word every time there was a new Caesar. Messengers, heralds would be sent out through the empire. Gospel, gospel, read all about it. There's a new king. He will give you life. He is God. They believed their Caesar was God. He will save you. It was a false gospel. Of course that wasn't true. It was an empty promise, like, sort of like Xi Ping from China. Promises the people of China a good life and security through 
cruel lockdowns and draconian surveillance. There, there's your freedom. That's how Caesar promised life by exploiting and destroying people for his own benefit. That's no gospel. It's sort of like the false gospel that Disney is promoting today. Of a strange new world that promises you freedom and joy and salvation just by following your desires and feelings and lusts wherever they take you. There's no new life in that. That's just plummeting deeper and deeper into the old life of sin, the darkness and death and ruin that we've entered into. Get out of the way, Caesar. Get out of the way, Disney. There's a new beginning, a real one, a true gospel. Jesus Christ, God has come into this world. He's become one of us. Not just to watch us and see how we're doing, but to stand in our place and under our curse and judgment and die for us and rise for us. That's the new beginning. We need Jesus. Jesus. You see? the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is a person. Listen to this good news from Isaiah 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who the good news is, and that's what we see secondly. It's Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the good news of a new beginning for us, for you and for me and for the whole human race. All who call upon him. Now, Mark is straightened to the point about this. He's got the whole gospel right here, really in this name. This is the good news in its entirety. The gospel first is Jesus. Let's break that down, Jesus. That's his personal name. Jesus means Savior. The angel said to Joseph, remember, Matthew 121, you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. That's what it means. Savior. Caesar is not your savior. Jesus is. Climate action is not your savior. Jesus is. More money, whether, whether legal tender or Bitcoin. More money is not your savior. Jesus is. Your pets will not pay for your sins and give you peace. Jesus will. Jesus alone, Jesus all the way. There's no other way. He's the only one. He's the only one who is able to give up his life as an obedient offering for sin and pay for others. Jesus. 
He's the only one able to come under the infinite wrath of God upon sin and come out on the other side alive. Jesus. He's the Christ. That's the second part of this gospel of Jesus. He's the Christ. That's his official title. Jesus, his personal name. Christ, his title. The prophet, priest, and king. The son of David, the Messiah. That's what it means, Messiah, the promised one. Who came from heaven to earth in our flesh to what? To find us, rescue us, redeem us from the curse, reconcile us to God, and restore us. Restore us to perfection and glory with regaining paradise. That's that's the mission. That's the task. That's the office of the Christ. And the third part of it, he's Jesus. He's the Christ. He's the Son of God. That name means he's divine. He's the same substance as God. It's one of Mark's favorite names for Jesus, the Son of God. It's the confession the Roman centurion made when he saw how Jesus died on the cross. Truly, this man was the son of God. He's God. He's God and he's fully able to give you a new start and make you a new person and bring you into a new world. A new creation, only Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the good news the whole world needs. And that's the good news that God has brought to us in his Son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. What about you? Will you come to him? Will you come to him for new life? For a new start? Turn over a new leaf in your life. To get out of the sin pit in which you're living. And start a new life of walking with God. Washed, cleansed, washed and cleansed from all your sins. Jesus. Will you trust him to do mighty works in you? Think of all his miracles. Read through Mark. Read through the miracles. And every time you read a miracle, say, that's the new beginning Jesus does in me. This is for me. Not just for that person. This is for me. No one who ever gave his life to Jesus came away miserable and ruined. No one. Only those who walked away from him come away miserable and ruined. I think of Mark, John Mark as an example, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. He was a young man at the time Jesus was 
arrested, tried, crucified, and risen. And we first meet him. We maybe meet him a little earlier, that unnamed man who fled when Jesus was arrested. We're not sure. He's found only in the Gospel of Mark. But we meet him first by name, John Mark. John, whose surname was Mark, in Acts 12, when Peter's in prison and under Herod, and the angel lets him out, and he goes to Mary's house and knocks on the door. It says, Mary, whose son was John, surnamed Mark. And John's a promising young man, a believer by this time. And he goes with Paul and Silas and Barnabas, remember, on the first missionary journey? Wow. That's heady business. That's, that's quite a risk. That's, that's a big deal. But halfway through, he gets scared. He loses sight of Jesus. He gets stuck in unbelief. And he goes back home. He deserts. And you remember that quarrel later between Paul and Barnabas when Barnabas wants to take him back again for the next journey and Paul says, no way, he deserted. He's not fit for this. So then Barnabas goes with John Mark and Paul goes with Silas. They go separate ways, right? Well, later on, John Mark is serving Christ in the belly of the beast. We read that in 1 Peter 5. She who is in Babylon greets you. That's the church at Rome. Babylon, a nickname for Rome, the heart of the empire. And so does my son Mark. He's in the belly of the beast, serving Christ, offering his life, ministering, writing the gospel of Mark. You say, how did you get from being a deserter, a loser, you messed up, man. Big time. You are a failure. To being in the belly of the beast serving. How do you? A new beginning. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. A new beginning. And that's for you and me too. Maybe you're not a believer at all. You're stuck in your sin and loving your sin and you do not want to give it up and you're just going through the motions and you're coming to church but you've never left yourself. You're just full of yourself. You're in love with yourself and with your sin and you've never given your life to Christ. You want your circumstances to change but you don't want you to change. This is the day of a new beginning. Come to him. Say, Lord, I don't want my circumstances to change. Oh, yes, I do, but I want me to change. And then I will become a new creation and everything will change. But maybe you've been a believer, but you've lost your way, you're backsliding, and you're desperately in need of renewal, of a new beginning, a new start. This is the day. This is the Jesus. This is the one for you. If he could revive and renew Mark, John Mark, he can revive and renew you. So don't keep hiding from him. 
Don't keep letting yourself go down the way that leads to death. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ and come again and again. And ask the Lord to restore your power and your peace and your joy. He will. And thirdly, we see that this is the new beginning that was proclaimed. Already through the whole Old Testament, it's been proclaimed from Genesis through Malachi. And when Mark speaks about this gospel, this good news named Jesus, at the same time he goes on and Verses 2 and following to say how this good news was heralded by John and then by Jesus himself. God sent a messenger. And that's what Malachi says, the last prophet of the Old Testament. About 400 years before the beginning came, Jesus came. God spoke through Malachi and really God's last words in the Old Testament are two promises that we read in Malachi 3 that sort of are twins. They, they stand together. First, the main promise, the Lord whom you seek, the Lord in whom you delight will suddenly come to his temple. Adonai is coming. God is coming. And he's going to purify the sons of Levi. And he's going to refine you through a refiner's fire. And he's going to make you new. He's going to give you that new beginning. And all who trust in him will become sons and daughters of righteousness. But if you don't, he will destroy you. He means business. So that's the first part of the promise. Adonai, the Lord is coming. And then the second part, and there's a messenger coming before you to prepare your way. And that's sort of like an Isaiah promise with Malachi thrown in to expound that promise. And that's why Mark refers to Isaiah, but it's actually Isaiah with Malachi thrown in. It's really beautiful what God does here at the beginning of Mark. And so John preached. He heralded this new beginning, this gospel. And his message to the people was simple. You have sinned and broken covenant with your God and you face his judgment. But if you turn away from your sin and to the Messiah, God will forgive your sin and give you a new beginning. That's what it was. John is the forerunner of Jesus. And he points the way to Jesus. He prepares the way for Jesus. He says, Jesus, the gospel has come into the world and if you believe in him, God will save you from your sins. And if you do not believe in him, God will judge you for your sins. That's the message. And that's the only way to receive the king of glory. How do you receive this king in your life? Or how do you come to him so that you might have life in his name? Only by repenting. 
John's message prepares the way to receive the Messiah, to receive the gospel, receive this new beginning. You know you're looking for a new beginning, but if you don't repent, you'll never find it. People are looking for a new beginning. They're looking for new circumstances. But if you don't repent, you won't find it. You're looking for God in your life, but if you don't repent, you'll never meet him. But that's the way to receive the Messiah. That's the way into the new beginning the Messiah has performed, has accomplished through his death and resurrection. As I said earlier, many people don't want a new life. They just want new circumstances. But the kingdom of God doesn't work that way. If you want a new beginning, a new life, you must surrender to him as your new master and king and submit your life to him as his follower. You must not say, I want a new life, but it's on my terms. It's got to go my way. There's certain things I'm not going to give up. Because whatever of yourself you drag into this new life is poison, right? We're poison, we're death, we're darkness. So whatever we dra- of ourselves we drag into this new life, this new relationship with Jesus is poison and will destroy the cure. And that's why the Bible's message is you need to confess, you need to repent, you need to die to yourself, you need to get rid of yourself. Your old self, your sinful self. And become the new you, you need to run to Jesus and get his life. His death for your sins. His spirit living in you. And when we come that way, Lord, I'm done with me. I am done. I am so done with me. Because that's darkness and that's death. And I need you. Then Jesus says, I give you a new beginning. I make you a new creation. And that's where this beginning of Mark 1 verse 1 will take you. When you give up on yourself, and you don't want just a new circumstance, but a new you, washed of your sin, righteous before God, changed walking with God, when you want a new you, guaranteed this Jesus who gives you a new start, new beginning, will grow that beginning and keep growing it and keep walking with you until you become a whole new creation. And you reach perfect glory. That's Jesus. That's why he came, it says in Hebrews 2, to bring many sons to glory. He won't stop with you. He won't stop doing his mighty works in you. Just like he didn't stop in John Mark even when he failed. Until you reach glory. The new heavens and the new earth. Perfect life with God. Perfect paradise. Perfect fellowship with a whole slew of perfect saints. And perfect happiness. And above all, the perfect sight of God, the triune God. That's God's new beginning for you in the coming of Jesus Christ. Go to him. Why would you perish in your sin? 
why would you hang on to yourself and your poison? Why would you? Why would you cling to your ruin? Why would you? When you can become a new creation. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 or 17. The old is gone, behold, the new has come. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are so thankful that you did not give up on your first creation when we ruined it by our sin. But you so loved the world that you sent your Son to crush the serpent's head, to undo the ruin and reverse the curse and give a new beginning, a new start. Bring us into this new start, this new life, each one of us, so that we're not just looking for a change of circumstance, but for a change of me. Thoroughly new. Oh, Father, please plant the seed of faith the seed of Christ in our lives by your Holy Spirit. Make us a new creation. Give us that new beginning and cause that beginning to grow and grow and grow. So like Mark, John Mark, whom you renewed and revived, we can also serve you in the belly of the beast in a wicked and perverse generation and shine the light and be agents of the kingdom of God. Hear us, for we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.